Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Quick snap. Braves. Pass is incomplete. No flag. Fourth and goal. Week 12 of the NFL season was one of those weeks where it's like, it's really one of the best weeks of football purely just because of what we get from the Thanksgiving side of things because you get to cook food, you get to sit down with family, and you get to eat, your, you can watch football while eating yourself into a food coma. It's absolutely fantastic and you can't complain about that. That's just a perfect day, big old full belly and... I mean, to be fair, they weren't the best laid of games, but they, there was football. At least we could say that. But uh, there, there it was, was one hell of a week, one hell of a weekend. Yeah, the, the weather ball was in the air, and that's all that we can think be thankful for. But yeah, not a great, not a great slate of games there. Starting with the <laughs> uh, the Bears Lions was was definitely mm. that that appetizer there did not set the table well for the rest of the week but that, i mean that's not on the, that's not on the nfl there bears lions play every every thanksgiving they're never going to be good the bears lions was essentially that green bay casserole that someone brings and you kind of just stay away from cuz green bay casserole isn't good i will die on that hill <laughs> but at least the Sunday games are good. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me in this week. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the fourth long NFL correspondent, Alex Croppen. Alex, how are you feeling after this week 12 that's only making the playoff race that much more interesting? It's 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 still just so weird to me to to see as we get later in the in the weeks here that it seems like the in the hunt graphic is getting longer. The, the more we progress into the end Look of the, the year, AFC. <laughs> and I don't understand it. I don't understand how we only have five good teams in the NFL right now. Maybe You're six. You're stretching good teams. that. You're stretching. I know. It's just like it, it. It seems like every single week there's a zig and a zag by every single team, and it's just however you end up on that zigzag train is going to be the Super Bowl winner by the end of the year. And that doesn't make any sense, but I think that's just how it's going to happen. Super Bowl winner is going to be who gets lucky that week. Mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. think it's really what it comes down to. But, man, some things we're going to talk about today include Cam Newton. Well, he's back. Uh, and now he's in true uh, Cam Newton form as of late. He is all the way back there. OJ or uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Ooh, did he miss out? Especially after what happened this week. The Patriots might be Super Bowl favorites. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson both might be leaving Seattle. And is it time to uh, trust some quarterbacks and make some moves? Whether in the year the AFC North or the South. And of course, what the blank in the. Eagles fans, you might not be looking forward to the nanny of the week this week, but you know, it, it's it's coming. You had to know that this is coming. But few things that we're going. I'm gonna just want to let you know before we hop into the winners and losers of week twelve. A couple of things going on right now is that a brand new show is coming out this Friday. And so it should be coming out most Fridays as well. This is going to be a little bit of card um, action. 
I mean, it's pretty much a stock market. You get the, you get the, I mean, the boring stuff that the government controls. And now you get the stuff that eBay controls with NFL, MLB. Now even UFC is really into the card UFC's game. UFC's kind of blowing up, honestly. I, I need, you need to get your hands on UFC cards right now, essentially. It's, it's awesome, especially as an MMA fan to see that. It's so more mainstream. Um, I'm joined by Ray Rodriguez, card expert, been in the business for years now. So join us every Friday for that, for a little bit of card stonks action. And as you guys might have known, I lost a bet to co-host Jalen earlier this year when the San Francisco Giants won their division. So for losing that bet, I have to do the one chip challenge. And that is going to be on live stream coming on in two Saturdays. It's going to be, uh, what Saturday is that? It's going to be December, and it's going to be the Saturday of the 11th. December 11th is when I'm going live with this one. Attempt to one, the One Chip Challenge, but also to make it worth something. It's a holiday season. We're going to be doing it for charity. I'll throw in a special challenge there. Donate a certain amount of money, so we'll get into everything ironed out there. Donate a certain amount of money I, for however long I can go without eating or drinking anything during Ooh. the hellscape, that's going to be after consuming the chip. Yep, it's going to be bad, but you're going to want to watch. Of course, uh, um, keep on the socials. Of course, you can find us on Twitter, at 4th Long Radio, Instagram, at 4th Long Radio. I'll be starting a poll. We'll, I'm going to take four um, charities from Patreon donors, from um, from supporters of the show. Also, to be fair, this is going to be one from my girlfriend because she loves dogs, so she demand that a animal rescue be on there, which is totally fair. I have to listen to her. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you guys out there know that you do. Um, so we're going to be doing that. So pay attention to those polls. We're going to be choosing a charity, and we're going to make my pain and suffering worth something at least. Uh, so that is going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, December 11th. You can find us on live stream on Twitch share. You can see me just hate life. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you're going to suffer for everyone else to gain. So, I mean, if, if you don't want anything, you just can, you're not going to find anything more out of a podcast host that's putting himself voluntarily, inflicting pain on himself like this. And he's even adding a little extra on it. Not even part of the bet, but let's just see how long we can keep that furnace going in the entire uh, upper upper area here probably going to go down all the way down to the the back door there at some point and it's not going to be a fun time for you oh, Ross yeah. but everyone Alex. else is going to benefit absolutely you have to know that the day before I am going to be buying vanilla ice cream some whole milk and some white wipes uh, <laughs> but yeah. ladies and gentlemen let's Fully hop on into things. We're going to start things off with the two biggest winners of this weekend. The first one, it has to be, especially for your fantasy owners, Leonard Fournette and his four TDs that really ultimately propelled the Bucks over the Colts in this very close and very well played in game and my favorite one from the week. And I know I've been saying it for a while. I still want to hold on to it, but... At least my regular season take about the Bucks. Uh, they're still uh, uh, overrated, in my opinion. Wouldn't call them frauds necessarily, but it's almost looking like yeah, Tom Brady. It, they're not going to win Super Bowl because of Tom Brady, but they're going to win Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And it might be time to just see that coming. You know, it's one of those things though where we can't really call any teams 
that are above 500 frauds right now because, because we just don't have that many front runners. So if we're out here calling like the Bucks and the Cardinals and the Packers and the Titans, you know, fraudulent teams up at top, we don't really have much left. So I Who think is real then? <laughs> no, I mean, the Patriots are the only team right now that have a, a really kind of just a stranglehold on the hottest team in the NFL. The Cardinals won two out of three games with Colt McCoy as the quarterback. We haven't seen him with Kyler in a month. So that one's interesting as well. But yeah, I mean, Lombardi Lenny, Lenny football, Lenny touchdown, playoff Lenny, whatever you want to call him. Um, maybe uh, over the line Lenny because there was no reason whatsoever he needed to get that last touchdown, but he had to just <laughs> put the nail in the coffin right there, get that last fourth right. touchdown. Get his fantasy owners in heart during that play. Oh yeah, I mean, how many times have you seen that that play where all you need is the first down to ice or to get the game down to a reasonable? you know, yard level to kick the game-winning field goal. But no, Lenny's just like, let me just take this thing to the house. Don't worry about it. Let me get – just hop on my team – hop on my back team. We're going to we're gonna get this to the, the four net. And the best part about it was Rob Gronkowski. He was in a – he was in a, an Instagram Live after, and he was so blown away that the letter – or the number four was in Leonard Fournette's name. And he just <laughs> so would stupid. not stop talking about it like it was the greatest discovery ever. And, and it just – it brought a lot of joy to me. I can't tell if he's being serious or not. I, I think he is. He's being serious. I think that's I'm going to now. He was 1 million percent being serious. <laughs> yeah, and, and a breakout performance like this against a good defense that the Colts have could not come at a better time, especially with Tom Brady's, especially if you want to compare it just to what he's normally doing. This was a poor performance from the guy. Less than about 220 yards passing, a touchdown, an interception, and... Tom Brady didn't look impressive. Needs, he, he he might just uh, he might need AB back. That that's it seems like that's a safety blanket. And not the know, chef God, has any word to say about that one. No, yeah, that's that's an interesting situation <laughs> so right now. Funny, very very that interesting. Was so funny. But well, what I mean, did he I, say to him? Do you think he like like insulted his cooking? I, I honestly think that he probably just either didn't pay him or didn't pay him enough. And his chef was just like, all right, like this is what's going to happen now. And honestly, like when was the last time we've seen someone do that? Like there's gotta be so many situations where there's like a maid or a barber or some, any sort of like help around a professional athlete. And they've almost like hardly ever spilled the beans on it. So honestly, good for that chef. Let go get your money. If you're getting paid for this. It's it, it's really just damn funny, that whole situation. Uh, but the second winner of the week is going to be a guy that, I mean, he actually might be able to win Defensive Rookie of the Year now. Homer. Not only this. Just, just hear me out, Alex. Hear me out. Hear me out on this one, okay? Because, yes, a little bit of homer in this one. But Patrick Sertan, a um, lot of hate for where he was drafted, you know, before Justin Fields, before Mac Jones, and... Ultimately, if you look back on it, I, I was feeling a little iffy as, as a Broncos fan, but looking back on it, I, I really wouldn't have it any other way because this guy has been absolutely amazing this season. He picked off Justin Herbert twice, one for a 70-yard pick six, a couple pass breakups, and he was just all around shut down. He's been really good this whole season, and the reason why Patrick Sertan might actually be the – favorite for defensive rookie of the year is because Micah Parsons should just be defensive player of the year. 
Take out yeah. the rookie. Just defensive player. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the unfortunate thing is is Pat Sertan's actually really, really freaking good. So you have a lot <laughs> of uh, – you have a, some basis here to be a homer there. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Micah Parsons is – what he's doing with Dallas is incredible because they're almost making like a heliocentric defense surrounding him. He's the middle linebacker and sometimes. He's the blitzer off the edge and sometimes. He's – uh, drop back and, and, and go run in the middle of the field. Now he's the spy, or he's going to play a hook curl in a cover two zone. I mean, it's just he does everything on the field. Excuse me. And he does everything at such a high level. And it seems like he's playing at a different speed than that offensive lineman there because he's making plays that you don't see rookies make, you know? And it's. You'll see veterans make the no, kind of plays that he's make. doing. He's ridiculous. He could be the defensive player that you he's got a he's got a case and it's it's almost like if that happens, I think Pastor Tan's having such a good year, there there needs to be some sort of recognition for him. So I don't think he's gonna get it. You know, okay. maybe he'll potentially be on like a Pro Bowl team or something like that. But but yeah, I mean he's Pastor Tan is playing really well. I don't think they ha that Broncos have any um I mean, maybe they would rather have Justin Fields or Mac Jones, but um, you know, for the quince or for the circumstances they were in, they got their shutdown corner. It's a premium position. Um, it looks better than J.C. Horn right now, just because of the injury stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, the Broncos got you know their next Chris Harris, their next uh, help me with his name, Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey, that guy. So mm. they, they found their their shutdown corner oh, for the next couple yeah. of years. Um, I'm so happy with how both of their star rookies have turned out. The Broncos really are – they have two – on offense and on defense, they have guys that are probably the top two um, in the running right now for rookie of the year. And Javante Williams, who's one of the hardest-ranked quarterbacks in the league, he's actually the best tackle breaker in the league by a good margin. And then Patrick Sertan is making veteran quarterbacks and good quarterbacks and Justin Herbert – not be able to throw the ball to that side of the field. He's clearly shutting off that side. It's crazy. And he's not doing it like – and it's 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 interesting too because you look at a guy like Trayvon Diggs and a guy like Pat Sertan, just as two examples here. Pat Sertan doesn't get tested that much. When he does get tested, he makes plays. Trayvon Diggs, on the other hand, gets tested all the time because he's giving up the most yards in the NFL – the most receptions in the NFL, the highest QBR when he's been targeted, but he also has eight picks. So he's the massive feast or famine guy, but you don't get the accolades with the eight picks and the notoriety like Trayvon Diggs is doing when you're on the Pat Sertan side and just playing so well that guys aren't even touching you. You aren't even going anywhere near your side of the field. So he doesn't get that notoriety of the eight picks just because he doesn't get the opportunities. But I think as he starts to do this and as number one receivers go in there and Pat Sertan starts shutting them down and shutting them down, it's going to equate to almost, um, you know, when we had that Darrell Rebus level, where it's Rebus Island, you know, it, he didn't make a ton Man, of interceptions. Was so crazy. He was so good at shutting down that receiver, shutting down that side of the field. That's where his notoriety came from. So if Pat Sertan keeps this up, he won't need to make, the highlight plays like he did today to get the credit he deserves. But I mean, frick, you go two interceptions, one to the house and two PBUs as well added on to that. Mm -hmm. You're, you're making an impact there, especially against Herbo. Exactly. And uh, speak of impact players, let's talk about,
what Odell Beckham Jr. was supposed to be for the Los Angeles Rams. Let's uh, other side of the coin. Let's go to the losers of this weekend. I know he had a touchdown. I know he actually personally, like individually, had a decent game. But you go out and he, you have he had the chance and he arguably should have signed with the Green Bay Packers. He chooses to not to go for the money deal. And where the Rams, when he signs, still look like a really good team. They just kind of really fallen off the horse as of late. But now he, he plays against a team that he could have played for, that he arguably should have played for, and then they get beat, and it wasn't close in this one. So you almost have to imagine, what if if you're Odell Beckham Jr. and he didn't look too happy on that sideline? I mean, per usual, that's just kind of what Odell Beckham Jr. does. But man... He, God, I feel like he's missing out a little bit. I, I think the biggest thing he's missing out on is the quarterback play. I mean, Matt Stafford has not looked like he started the year. And uh, I, you kind of see it. And, and it's it's hard to justify just because obviously he's not coming out with anything. No injury related, nothing like that. But it just seems like he's missing throws this part of the season that he was in the beginning of the season. And could that have been the defenses? Yes. He, Rams wins this year. I believe I, I heard something where it was like their wins, the the t- the record of the teams that they've beaten combined is something like twenty seven and forty five or something like that. Like it's just that's not great. Really, really, yeah, just really, really bad um, defenses they're playing and teams they're playing. So he's just mopping up on those guys, and then he's got the Bucks win and the Colts win, which were great at the beginning of the year, but they haven't won a meaningful mm-hmm. game in a month and a half. So. It's it's just getting harder to justify the Rams as being a solidified top echelon team because they're not beating the teams like the Packers or the Cardinals mm-hmm. or the 49ers even. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, OBJ's got a ton of regrets because he could have gone to Green Bay and been on a great team, had, you know. Probably Super Bowl favorite team at the moment. Yeah, and better quarterback, better defense. Maybe you got to go to Green Bay and actually like live in Green Bay and, and endure the – the cold there, but he lived in Cleveland and he lived true. in Ohio. I feel like he can't be but, that but much worse than living in Ohio. <laughs> Definitely wasn't happy there, so that I don't know. That might be uh, the cold might be his issue, but I don't, it, it, it might just be an Odell issue. He's just bad. Yeah, um, him guys like him, guys like Zeke, and have just been declining, and they're not worth the contract or what they bring, especially Odell. A lot of people point to poor quarterback play, but also don't want to look at the stat where he's, yeah, sure, he's receiving less targets a game, but also he now he's been having more drops and less yards per target um, over the last three seasons. All not favorable numbers for a wide receiver that is begging to be on a new team. Yeah, uh, the only reason he got a contract or got a good deal is because his name is Odell Beckham Jr. and he made one good catch as a rookie. And he's got hey, cool talk hat. about yeah, exactly. But talk about a guy that's been able to get so much money off of one play. You have to give him credit for that. Yeah, I mean, he's he, nothing he, without that catch. He's he's never. I mean, he was he was good as rookie year. He was good his first two years. He was explosive. Like but, two. but he he made he made all of his. It's almost like he made this persona around him as this big alpha dog receiver when he's really just a big play guy, it seems like. He he makes some good contested catches, but he's not just – he's not engaged enough to be the number one receiver. He's not good enough. So he's he's really just not – 
if I were building a team, I would not want Odell Beckham Jr. on my team, regardless of the circumstances. Absolutely not. I'm right there with you. And kind of like I said at the beginning of the show, um, Cam Newton's all the way back. He's all the way back onto the biggest losers list because anytime you have a game where you have a quarterback rating of 5.8, that's not 58. That's not triple digit. That's 5.8. That is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way to put that. This is not good. It's atrocious. It's abysmal. It's just plain bad. And he just, he did not look good on, on Sunday. He goes 5 for 21. He completes like the first two. He gets like, what, a 60 yard pass to, to DJ Moore. And he that's had, about 64 yard he had the one good drive. I think it was early, early in the game. He had this a good first drive. quarter. He throws, yep, he throws a bomb to DJ Moore, and then he either ran one in or throw one in. I don't remember what mm-hmm. it was, but he had the most uncomfortable touchdown celebration I've ever seen. It was, <laughs> it was every. There's a whole production. Everyone, hey, get around me. Everyone, get around me. And it's just like, okay, dude, like this is really all about you. Like maybe do that and then give the ball to the lineman, let him spike it. But no. Everyone get around me, everyone get around me, everyone get around me. And everyone's like, okay, what is he doing? And he waits there for like 10 seconds, and then all he does is just do the Superman. And it's like, dude, like, what the fuck is going on with you, man? It was, that, that's not, it was and bad. You watch like Christian McCaffrey walk off, and he's just like, oh my God, get me out of here, please. Like, this, this is so uncomfortable. And it's just. Well, are you saying that Christian McCaffrey purposely got hurt again? It, he could have been, but oh. there, there might have, there might not be a bigger front runner than Cam Newton in the entire NFL because when he's doing well and when he's ahead, he's this big, boisterous character. I'm gonna give you the the little little Superman cape here and you know mm-hmm. point at the first downs and really get in your face and chew on my gum and everything like that. And open his mouth wider than any human I've ever been able to to see. Like it's crazy. Yes, but I don't know. Like when he did the whole on back thing, it's like. You, he could feel like a triple-decker burger just, like, in one bite. It's yeah. impressive. It's incredible. It's, it's, maybe, maybe that's his uh, his next occupation because it's definitely not going to be a professional quarterback. Joey Chestnut, watch out, boy. Someone's yeah. coming for you. Yeah. But, yeah, Cam Newton's washed. I don't know why we're talking about him. He sucks. He's. It, it's almost like we yeah, absolutely you're... saw this coming. And this yeah, was he got killed by your team, too. Hot. What was? Oh yeah, um, hey, Super Bowl Fifty. What a good day! What a, oh, what I a, hate that. That's all I have to hang my hat on at, at this point. But you know, um, at least it's in the fifties. Right, it's on, right? It's on this side of that that gap. It was this century. It was within the last ten years. Yeah, better than what you could say for those Cowboys fans living in the nineties, or let alone those Raider fans living in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Mm, and, and the Niners, they're they're fairly close too. So that that's good. But that's going to do it for our art winners and losers this week. And it's time to hop into one of the best parts of the show. And one of the most favorite parts. I mean, dude, it's time to buy it or sell it, ladies and gentlemen. It's going – here we go. And let's do this thing because, of course, if you guys don't know how this works, give Alex three statements. And it's up to him or whether he's going to buy that statement or sell it. So, first thing of the day, Alex, 
they're looking great. You said earlier that they're probably the most put-together team, or at least they're, they're definitely the hottest team in the league right now. I think they're the most put-together um, team in terms of special teams, offense, defense. That defense is looking great. So good. the best rookie of the draft class. Alex, I have to say, the Patriots are Super Bowl favorites. I'm going to sell it. I can't do it. Not not the Super Bowl favorites. They're not number one right now. I think you still got to put I, – I think you just still have to put teams with experienced quarterbacks ahead of them. And I, mm-hmm. I know Mac Jones has looked really good. I know he's looked above his years and everything like that, but it's a different ballgame when you get into the playoffs. And I, I would still put teams like the Bucks, teams like the Packers ahead of them just because of that. I mean, honestly – I'm really interested to see this this Bills Patriots game because I really want to see how those two teams match up. I think those might be the two of the top teams in the AFC, and also it's weird to say, but the Chiefs still kind of scare the crap out of me, and they've beaten New England before. And mm-hmm. no, so I, I'm going to sell the statement: they're not the Super Bowl favorites, but they're they're definitely uh, in the top three of those. Well, you take a look at the Packers who who have one of the leading MVP candidates when they have a well-put-together offense and where they have the best defense I've ever seen from the Green Bay Packers, really, uh, since, like, actually paying attention to this for about a decade ago. This is easily the best uh, um, defense that Aaron Rodgers has had as a player. Matt LaFleur looks like he's a coach of the year front runner at this point, or at least at least top five. He's looking good. And then the Bucks. I mean, yeah, Tom Brady. It, 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 all you gotta say. It, it's stupid as it is. It, it just throw back to that little um, caption they had on uh, was it Sunday Night Football or that primetime game um, in Week Eleven where it just said he's good. Yeah, Tom any Brady is good at football in throwing the football. Over the last over a decade, any team that Tom Brady has been on has been a Super Bowl caliber team. Therefore. They have to be up there. Of course, the Patriots are right up there. The Bills, I, I think they're... I don't know. <laughs> I, I, the Bills are up there at this I, point. I mean, yes? Well, we, we need to see them against the Patriots. I, Roster-wise, I, roster they are. Yeah. The know. Rams, I don't even know about it anymore. The Cardinals, I need to see something, something get proven by that young quarterback and coach. I have a lot of confidence in them, though. The Patriots are definitely a Super Bowl contender. Are they the favorite? I'm kind of right there leaning with you, Alex, in terms of I just – I like a Aaron Rodgers or I like a Tom Brady a little mm-hmm. more in this situation, but I won't be surprised. I would not be surprised. They're a damn good football team. Statement number two, Alex, is going with quarterbacks again and young quarterbacks as well. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC North. Ding, 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 ding. We got a winner here. This is – I could not buy this quicker. I know Lamar's got an MVP. I know Big Ben's got Super Bowls. I know Baker Mayfield's got a ton of commercials. But Joe Burrow is a complete (laughs) quarterback. He's got full authority of the offense. He sets the protections incredibly well, can change the defenses. He's very, very smart, moves incredibly well in the pocket, 
has mobility to be able to extend plays and run if you need him to. His accuracy is impeccable. He's got a good deep ball. He's got a good short ball. He's tough as hell, and he wins football games. And the biggest thing that is his knock right now is he's losing to the Jets, and he's losing winnable games. But then they go out, and they've won – I think they've won four of their games this year by 19-plus points. So when they're on, they're on. And he just needs to get a little more consistent. That's all it is. And we say this every single week, but what separates the top tier from the very, very good tier is consistency. If you are consistent with what you do and you do that at a high level, you will be at the top tier and that top echelon. He's not there yet, but I do think he is the best quarterback in the AFC North. It sounds and, and the little stat you allude to going back to week six when they played Detroit, they won thirty four to eleven. Next week in week seven, they beat Baltimore forty one to seventeen. Then in week um eleven, they beat the Raiders thirty two to thirteen. And now of course this weekend they they dominate Pittsburgh. And was then they get their socks blown off by br- the Browns who've been getting their socks blown off and lose to the Jets. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it the NFL is just really weird this year. I, I I think the NFL genuinely is just drunk on something because we you no one can explain this, but man, Joe Burrow is a complete passer, and what I love from him is that he's really taken. He's the same quarterback that we saw at LSU. Um, as he is now with the Bengals, he's that really confident but not cocky guy, a locker room leader, a guy that can command the huddle and can just throw the hell out of a football. I really don't know what better way to put that. This guy is a baller. He's a playmaker. And when needed, he can make some stuff happen with his legs. And he's, I mean, also helps that he had his number one receiver from LCO and Chase Young, or excuse me, not Chase Young, Jamar Chase. I know your feelings on Chase Young. It's not great. Um, but Jamar Chase, oh, both the, that duo has been ridiculously good this year. Joe Mixon has been a quarterback's best friend this year. The offensive line is actually impressing the hell out of me. Riley Reef is looking like a really good signing. Um, and Zach Taylor, he's... I really like him as coach of the year right now. I he's, really like him. He's it, it's it's probably him and Cliff, honestly. I mean, when I, I think any any coach that gets Colt McCoy a winning record in any single year gotta be in the top three <laughs> automatically. And no disrespect to Colt McCoy, he's probably one of the best backups we have, but mm-hmm. like when was the last time you heard about Colt McCoy? Maybe ten years ago. So the yeah. fact that he's still around and kicking and, and got uh, two with, or three wins. I could say the R word because he was with the Redskins. Mm-hmm. And also both of his both of Colt McCoy's wins on the road. One of them divisional no, both of them divisional wins yeah, on divisional. the road. And then got blown out by the Panthers. <laughs> it doesn't make this sense. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Why do we always look back to the NFL not making sense? It, it doesn't make sense. That's why. <laughs> oh man, it, it's so great. Um, but last statement of the week, Alex. Especially after a embarrassing loss on Monday Night Football. A poor performance, and they're sitting at three in the Seahawks are sitting three and eight. First time, though, just the worst that Russell Wilson and Pete Curls had, just in, in terms of records, in terms of performance. It's just been a mess there in Seattle. But with that being said, Alex, both Pete Carroll 
and Russell Wilson, who of course is on contract season, are leaving the Seahawks after this year. Um, I'm going to buy this statement, and it's it's mainly because um, I think Pete Carroll needs to retire. Just he needs to mm. he needs to go away. Maybe go work at like um, I don't know, like uh, Orbit or something like that, or Juicy Fruit. And just <laughs> chomp on gum all day long. Um, just a gum and, tester. Yeah, just a gum tester, quality yeah. control guy. And so yeah, I think he is. I, I think he's just he's run his course there. It's it's one of those guys where he has been a mainstay there for the last 10 years. He's won a Super Bowl, went to another one, got good playoff success. Um, but things are just getting a little sour there. And I think it's it's similar to, um, you know, kind of what happened with, with Bill Cowher in the fact that, you know, he went on his own terms, but things just got stale there. And when things get stale, it's really hard to turn that whole ship around. And especially when you don't have your quarterback, Russell Wilson, that's really rowing the boat with you. It's it's just an impossible situation. And if I were him, I'd be over it too. I'd be like, okay, I've had a good good fun time here, um, but it's it's about time for me to hang it up. And I think on the Russell front, they already have their uh, their next solution at quarterback. Geno Smith's won more games than Russell Wilson in the last almost in this year. So um, he didn't look bad in those games. No, I mean, either. obviously, obviously I'm getting there, but yeah. but Russell Wilson. <laughs> is he needs to go somewhere else. I don't know what's going on with him right now. He's missing he's missing throws atrociously bad. I mean, he's overthrowing. I think he's overthrew Gerald Everett five times yesterday. Where well, it was, well, it's like, funny about that in the first quarter, like on one of the early drives, he absolutely overthrows Gerald Everett and looked on, awful. On the left, right? But left then, flat. Yeah, but later in that quarter, he hits a perfect pass to the end zone to Everett. Like, Doesn't make any it, sense. It's not like Russell Wilson's a bad quarterback. Obviously, he still has it. He's still a really good quarterback. He just needs to find consistent consistency again. I, I think it's and, I think it's partly injury related. I think it's also he's just a little over it. He doesn't seem like he's got that same, uh, you know, Russell Wilson. Right. I'm gonna, you know, motivate everyone and clap and everyone. He's had a losing so record well. since he filed for to trademark let Russ cook. Yeah, he's also that 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 finger there. I I I know he, he hurt it, but at some point you can't use it as an excuse when you're playing on it. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's my yeah. frustration with him right now. And here we go, Alex. I call me Homer again this show, but a team that's going to be lo- that's looking for a new quarterback and is going to be looking for a new head coach next year, the Denver Broncos. Come on into Denver, both of you guys. I'll take wow. you. I'll take you both. I don't know if they can coincide together. At least Russell Wilson. I'll take him. I'll be happy. Can't forget the Broncos sign Russell Wilson. Just pay him what he wants. Please, they have a good Matt Cap space. Ooh, I think either. I think either, honestly, because it's an improvement on what they currently have. It, would you would, would you think that you could? It would be possible to get an older coach than Vic Fangio. Is he older yeah. than him? He might be. Yeah, uh, if you can believe it, it, it someone throws you off. But Pete Carroll is seventy years old. It's crazy how old he is. Yeah. So, I, I it's. I, I didn't really realize that until like you look it up and he does not act like a seven year old. That's that's for damn sure. No. Um because that that dude's Aaron Jenkins as hell and Vic Vanger is only sixty three years old. So obviously He carries himself like a like an eighty six year old and Pete Carroll's out here running around like a fifty year old, just running around and looking it, like Mike like, Rabel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, I and then Bill Belichick, he's that coach that he looks his age. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like he could be 20 years old and act like a six-year-old. It's it's impressive as hell. His his son, I mean, we saw that with the son on the sideline. They're the same. I mean, Bill, Bill came out of the womb mature. And he came he came out of the womb knowing how to, to handle a press conference and be professional. And, and he came out of the womb in a in sleeveless hoodie. And, and Steve Belichick just came out of the womb with his tongue out. <laughs> what a family that is. What a family. Damn. Royalty. Oh. Football royalty. You love it. You absolutely love it. But that's going to do it for this week's Buy or Sell. The Patriots, maybe not Super Bowl favorites, at least not yet. Joe Burrow is definitely the best quarterback in the AFC North. And Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson ooh, might be finding a new city to call home starting in 2022. But a couple more things we got here before we get to the nay nay of the week, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of questions we're going to ask and ponder regarding the quarterback position. And especially one, do we need to take a look at pulling Big Ben? But the first guy we're going to talk about, Alex, is Ryan Tannehill. Because I think it's safe to say he has not been great the last couple of games. And in fact, he just been having a little bit of a down season especially what we've seen and especially after he lost the greatest arguably the greatest talent in the league right now and Derrick Henry the last couple weeks he's had five interceptions to just two touchdowns of course against the Texans of all teams he threw for four interceptions just one touchdown there he's looking shaky his Pass rating has been great. The completion percentage has been going down. The yards have been going down. Of course, he only had 93 against the New England Patriots, and the Patriots just walloped the times. And that's the first time Mike Vrabel actually lost to his, um, you know, his main guy in Bill Belichick. So I mean, Bill Belichick is able to get back to his dominance over his disciples, essentially. And Ryan Tannehill not looking great, Alex. Um, do you trust Ryan Tannehill at this point? Um, I mean, I trust Ryan Tannehill when he's got all his weapons and he's not asked to do everything. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's extremely unfair to rate Ryan Tannehill without Julio, without AJ, and without Derrick Henry. And mm-hmm. he he's working with guys like Nick Westbrook Akine and who exactly. And it's like Jeremy McNichols is his lead running who? back, and Deontay Foreman who is on waivers. Like their whole skill who? position. Arsenal right now, it seems like it's either practice squad guys, guys that just picked up off the, the scrap heap or anything like that. And so Ryan Tannehill, we, we know this about him. We know he's not the guy that's going to lift an offense that is not already solid, that doesn't already have a good infrastructure. But when you put him around those those weapons like that, like AJ, Julio, and, and Derek, is he is able to make the efficient plays at a very, very high clip. So that play action, he's just incredibly efficient at play action. He was the he's best really... play action quarterback last season. 100%. And it's all it's all based on the complimentary football. He is one of the best complimentary football quarterbacks. I think guys like Jimmy G, guys like Kirk Cousins, um, fall into that same category. And Brian they all Tannehill, feel like the same quarterback, too. But, and, like, but the thing is with Ryan Tannehill is he's got the running aspect, too. He's actually a decent hmm. runner. He's a freaking wide receiver in, in college. So he's got that, that Jimmy extra G with aspect his on it. So as long as he can get rid of, of all the interceptions and, and get his guys back, I think he can win big games. But he's just going to look like crap every time he's got no weapons out there. That's a really good way of putting it. And you can't put a lot of weight 
into you can definitely put more weight into that performance against the Texans than you can against the Patriots. Like he he had no he, he didn't really have any of his starting players on uh, against the Patriots, and that's a tough game against a really good defense there. Yeah, against the Texans. That he might have been down Julio in that one. He might have been down um, Derrick Henry. So AJ Brown, and but also it doesn't matter who you have. You should not be throwing four interceptions against the Houston Texans. I'm sorry, that's just the way things are. The Houston Texans are a awful team, and maybe a couple of interceptions you could excuse that for. Absolutely not. Ryan Tannehill is a guy that can help you win games. Ryan Tannehill really is never going to be the guy that is going to win you games on his arm alone. He can. He's done it before. He can, but, but he won't. He just, he, I, don't, I just don't think he's that guy. And personally, I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, too. I think he's a better passer. I, I think if you put him in the same offense, um, mm. yeah, you probably get similar results out At of him. At least in but... non-primetime games. Ryan Tannehill definitely taking in prime time. You saw what they did against the Rams. And they also beat the – I mean, the Titans did on – I mean, with Ryan Tannehill's help, beat the Bills and the Chiefs back-to-back weeks. They did yep. two years ago beat the Tom Brady-led Patriots in Foxborough. So mm-hmm. all – was it in Tennessee? It might have been in Tennessee. I don't remember. But um, wherever it was. He's won big games before, so we can't say that – you know, he doesn't have it in him because we've seen it happen. But, mm-hmm. he, again, he needs his weapons around him. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. No. Like, th- that's ultimately not a-, a bad thing. It it makes sense. It makes it's sense. It's every quarterback but maybe five in the NFL. Exactly. Um, th- that's just kind of the way it is. And then the next quarterback that, I mean, I – you can make a case for you can still trust Ryan Talon. Ryan Talon's still a good quarterback. The one quarterback they absolutely cannot defend is the washed as hell Ben Roethlisberger. This guy is a bad quarterback. At least he is now. He's not good. The Steelers suck. And it, I think it's the first time since I think the, the if you want to throw it to defensively sucking, um, different side of the ball, but the first time that the Steelers have given up 40-plus points in back-to-back games since 1989. Jeez. It's been a long time. That's crazy. <laughs> and they're on track for their first losing season in a long time as well. And a lot of that's because Ben Roethlisberger is bad and – a lot of people want to point to some of the games, especially what they had against the Chargers on uh, Sunday Night Football last week. Or, or um, was it? Yeah, it was Sunday. And if you take away that fourth quarter, he didn't do a damn thing that game. They scored a lot of the garbage time points and got back into the game where they honestly shouldn't have. The Chargers were playing horribly in that in that second half of that fourth quarter. Ben Roethlisberger, um, his... Like, he has to be... I guess he hasn't been abhorrent as a quarterback. He has been throwing a lot of interceptions. He just hasn't been like throwing for yards, throwing he for touchdowns. He doesn't have an arm anymore. He's moves. not a quarterback. He's he's a he's as if you took an offensive lineman and made him throw with his opposite hand and said, "Okay, you don't have to throw the ball ahead of the line of scrimmage unless you really want to." Because it seems like what Ben's doing is he's check down Charlie, check down Charlie, check down Charlie. 
and then maybe jump ball to Chase Claypool, maybe jump ball to Deontay Johnson, but every now and then just throw it way over their heads. So it still seems like we have a a decent arm here on him. Um, But, but yeah, that's what the Nats do every time the game commentators, he'll throw a deep ball. And that's the only time we ever hear them talk about his arm strength. Yeah. It's like, okay. And he missed him by 10 yards. You can overthrow someone whenever you want. Like it's not like they're 75 (laughs) yards down the field. Like it's a 40 yard throw and he's just throwing it over their head. It's not that impressive. So I love how it's just, it takes that much just to change the, the whole narrative around you. They just overthrow a couple balls and all of a sudden he's got an arm again, but yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely not time to play Mason Rudolph. And I don't know if you saying, is it time to play Dwayne Haskins? Is that's ever been said before either? But um, is they, need to do, they need to do something. They got to do something. Maybe throw Najee Harris as quarterback. I don't know. Maybe bring back Antoine Randall. Oh. See, the thing is, it, it's obvious. Ben Roethlisberger should not have been quarterbacking this team this season, last year, that blowout loss against the Browns in the playoffs, it should have been his last game ever. That's just a fact. It's nothing against Ben Roethlisberger. He's just not a starting quarterback in the league anymore, and there's no point in making the backup. That's that. That's stupid. That's not a thing. You bring in Dwayne Haskins from the Washington football team, and you've done absolutely nothing with him. We've seen what Mason Rudolph can do. We haven't really seen what, at least not with this team, what Dwayne Haskins can do, and at this point, you're not going anywhere this year. You're trying not to have a losing record at this point. Ben Roethlisberger is not the answer now, nor the future. Where are you going to lose by putting Dwayne Haskins in? I know he's... I don't have a lot of faith in him. Don't have a lot of confidence in their backups. But you you got to see what you have at the least. It's, there's, no play point, there's no point in bringing him in unless you're going to play him, especially in these circumstances. Like, you're, you're going... You're going nowhere, but I think we all see the writing on the wall. And to not ruin Mike Tomlin's streak, he's going to go eight, eight, and one. It's going to be glorious. Oh. That's what's going to happen. We know it. We all know it. Yeah, you're right. I just hate it. I know. We thought maybe like this. This was the year they go eight, eight, nine. But he found a loophole. Jeez, oh, I, I hate football sometimes, nope. <laughs> and I Can't hate you about being it. right about the stupid stuff. It's inevitable, mm-hmm. is what that is. And the cool thing is that no one's afraid to play the Steelers anymore because they have a worn-down elbow of a quarterback for multiple reasons, um, trying to sling the, the piece of leather down the field. And obviously, that's just not working out very well. Yeah. But uh, let us know what you guys think about that. Hit us up on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, or best of all, you can find everything linked at the fourth and of course, where video is on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on YouTube, we're not on Rumble, we're freaking everywhere, so it's hard to miss us. Let us know your thoughts on what you've heard so far, especially pertaining to do you have confidence in Ryan Tannehill? I know, at least as a fantasy owner, I do not. Um, as a NFL head coach, yeah, yeah, I still do. The Steelers need to do something, like do do anything at this point and i'll give them credit for that uh, um and so like i said let us know your thoughts on that and before we get to the oh, poor eagles nene of the week it's time for what the blank and alex you know how this works and this is a fun one man it, it, it's oh it's so good and the buyer sells great what the blank is great because it, it's I mean, also, it's fun just to say what the blank a bunch of times. And 
you know, I'm not, not going to lie. It's just a good time. But for those that don't know how this segment works, I got a few statements for Alex. There's going to be a blank somewhere within that statement. It's up to him to fill it in with whatever the blank he wants to. And the first statement of this show, Alex, is that, uh, good luck with this one, the best wildcard team in the AFC is blank. That's easy, man. It's the freaking Bengals. The Bengals are 1 million percent the best wildcard team. And it's close between the Bengals and the Bills. I don't think any team from the AFC West is in the running. Colts, close. If the Colts win that game against the Bucks, that might have changed things for me. But um, I-, I think it's got to be the Bengals just because they've looked the best recently. They got a run game. They seem just like an extremely balanced team. They have mm-hmm. you know games where they shut teams out on defense, and then they have teams where they air the ball out, and then Joe Mixon has 35 carries, and they they it seems like they just have no really, really big weak spots on their team, which is uh, more than you can say about most of the other teams in the AFC wildcard race right now, mm-hmm. so that is why the uh, the Bengals are my AFC team. It's so funny what you say about the AFC West because it's the most competitive division in football and arguably, at least record-wise, the best yeah. because the worst team is 6-5. and five. Both The Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chargers are all tied at 6-5, and five, and the yep. Chiefs are right there at 7-4. But none of them feel legit. Nope. It's the, it, Once again, Alex, correct, let me know if you heard me say this before, but the NFL doesn't make sense. No sense. No sense. <laughs> okay. Explain that one to me. Statement number two is, I blank the Rams. I am very confused and frustrated with the Rams. And this is, this is a couple things. And if you follow the podcast over the last couple years, a couple things get me every single time. If you put a bunch of weapons on offense and you have a good quarterback – and an exciting offense, I'm usually going to be pretty high on you, a.k.a. the Colt or a.k.a. the Cowboys, a.k.a. the Chargers, a.k.a. these same Rams. And the Rams... Shout out to your take, not the take about the Cowboys. Huh? Shout out to your take, not the take about the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. I I mean, it's... Because <laughs> they, they were at the time, but they did exactly they why I didn't want to say anything is because they go out there and they scored nine. Technically, points. you didn't, I guess. That's why I didn't Cheater. say it. That's why I prefaced it like that. You know, <laughs> the way we gotta we gotta formulate the words to make sure that that's why we have to say every take this season. <laughs> yeah, I, I, seriously, maybe just anything with the NFL. But yeah, I mean, the, the Rams just piss me off because they you think they'd be very very good. They have every single talented player on defense that you could ask for, and they're just bad still. And so I don't know if it's. Uh, everyone's divas. It's an LA thing. They're just soft, but it's hard to be soft with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on your team. Their offensive line now is going to shit, and I don't know, man. It's they're so frustrating. It, J- Jason Whitworth deserves better. He's that kind of player that has his age on his chest, wearing number seventy-seven. There, a guy it tackled that's been consistent. Sounds really good. Um, I feel like he's the most underrated player on that team, one of the most underrated offensive linemen in that league. So I just want to shout them out every time we talk about the Rams. Of course, I do have a big old crush in the soft spot for any offensive lineman. And so whenever I get the chance to, Alex, you know, you listeners know, I like to shout them out because the big boys up front deserve a lot more respect. Andrew Whitworth's been there for – he's only been with the Rams for like the last three or four years, but – 
it seems like he was he's been there for so freaking long now and it when he signed initially with the rams it was one of those oh this is the uh the you know it's like like the nick mangold to the page or mm-hmm. uh, whatever he went for his last year um he has a greatest beard in the league <laughs> incredible yeah but it, it, it sounded like it was one of those go there for a year and you know right off into the sunset but he's been there for like three or four years and he's not slowing down He's the Tom Brady of offense alignments at this One point million in time. Percentage. Absolutely isn't. I think when it comes down to LA, Alex, I know the problem. It's Odell. their horrific uniforms. They're still so bad ever since they're initially conceived. Ugh. But I, I honestly, <laughs> I really white. do like Are the you? blue and the yellow color. It's almost like the blue and the gold. I don't like the, the color old... scheme is good. I don't like the old school colors though, like the bronze. They're with their throwback, not the throwback whites are really good. Those yeah, are those, the color rush those whites, are slick those are awesome. because Especially they're not the blue stupid... numbers, too, and the blue hat, yes. the blue helmets. But they're not a stupid color like bone white. Who yeah. does bone white? Just call it gray. That's what yeah. bone white is. It's gray, okay? And gray doesn't look good in football, it just Agreed. doesn't. Agreed. There, there's my uniform rant of the day. You know, the takes that really matter, Alex. So, uh, where yeah, we're we don't have no bone gray uniforms. anymore. Get that out of here. Bone gray is stupid, okay? Get that out of the car wheel. <laughs> That's the take I wanted to down here this season, Alex. Bone gray sucks. Agreed. Oh, what a show. All right, last but not least, what the blank, Alex? Because blank is the current MVP. Oh, dude, I hate this. I hate this so much because it's going to change next week. Um, current, just got to say current as of week 12. Preface it solely from week 12. Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker is the MVP because Justin Tucker is one of the only players in the NFL that I can specifically point to and say you are the reason there is a W and not a loss. Yes. Justin Tucker. They were losing, and he kicked a 60 – or what was it? 64. 64-yard field goal, and they were losing as time expired. He – Physically got a win. He saved them from losing to the Lions. Yes. The Lions. The Lions that are winless still. Oh, my gosh. Justin Tucker's the MVP. I cracked the code. Alex, I freaking love this take, man. (laughs) Talk about what guy in the league can almost guarantee you three points just by getting across the 50-yard line. Just by getting across the – if you get to the 35-yard line – that's three points if you have Justin Tucker on your team. Justin Tucker is almost worth, like, a couple first-round draft picks. Because I mean, no one else can guarantee points right. like that. Hold on. I know, I know. Maybe a first-round. Okay. We should do a first-rounder for Justin Tucker. If Justin Tucker – if if I was a playoff contender, I would probably draft Justin Tucker with, like, the 29th or 30th pick in the, in the draft, if that's how we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would do it, yeah. Alex, you – you you win week twelve with, with that take. I I I freaking love that one. Justin Tucker, ice in the veins, the most clutch player in the league, and he's I think he's still behind Adam Van Terry for greatest kicker of all time. No, absolutely not. No, Adam Van Adam Vinatieri screwed himself by missing like a million kicks in Indianapolis this last couple of years. He's pulling oh, the big last couple of years. Hey, to be fair, Justin Tucker still has time to pull a Adam Van Terry. I hope not. I know, I but really I'm saying know. until he does that, he's got mm. Vinatieri's got the little demerit on his record. Justin Tucker's Dude. clean right now. Justin Tucker's so he's he. It's crazy how you could put a kicker in MVP talks, and 
you can only do that with Justin Tucker. The the freaking legend with maybe Cordero Patterson actually. <laughs> Hell, hey Alex, um, I think you'll like this one. Uh, my one of my overreactions for this week, of course, you can find that on our socials on Twitter, Instagram. Debo Samuel is MVP. Okay, he he actually has a case. <laughs> yes, he's. I've said it for the yes. last two weeks now, Alex. The most versatile player in the league is Debo Samuel. But we need to stop using him in the damn backfield, especially when we're up by a touchdown plus. Let's let's stop with that, Kyle Shanahan. No, dude, he's but, he's running for thirty yard touchdowns. How the he's, dude? He's incredible. Like it's just the ball in the hand. It just looks different with him. And yeah, I mean, don't get me started on Debo because he's got a freaking groin injury now, and he's going to be out for one or two weeks, and his explosiveness is going to be shot. But screw my fantasy team, Alex. Hey, but but over the last couple weeks, I in my lo- in my lineup, I've had I've been able to start. Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Debo Samuel. That that'll help your team out a little bit. Um, there's a reason I'm ten and two right now. Yeah, that'll help your team for sure. Oh, I freaking love those guys, <laughs> and I love Debo Samuel. He's he was pretty much, he was a late round he was a late round pick for me. I, I know it's incredible value. Incredible. Bless you, Debo Samuel. You are the most versatile player in the league. Get back healthy. <laughs> yeah, please please come back healthy for my fantasy team. I beg you. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for What the Blank. And as usual, always a blast. And let us know how you would fill in that blank. But we're going to cap, cap things off here, Alex. All right? As I've been kind of teasing throughout the show, Eagles fans, close your ears, please, because this is just – this is one of the most heartbreaking things. This is the most heartbreaking nene we've talked about since – Revisiting that 2019 Raiders draft class. Mm. What Awful a stuff draft there. class. And speaking of drafts, Alex, let's take a look at this one. Because the Eagles had a lot of chances to beat the Giants this, this season. They should have won that game. Jalen Hurts looked awful. That defense didn't look as good. And the guy that you really have to point the finger at is a guy you've been able to point the finger at a little bit now. Is Jalen Rieger. Because... Last drive, two drops that could have been for touchdowns. And also, in the, the cherry on top of this, Nene Alex, is they took him at 21st overall in his draft. The Vikings, in number 22 overall, take Justin Jefferson. So, so, so bad. In the city that has bad wide receivers and is known for dropping balls. And and here's the here's the problem is when you have another Jalen on your team that's actually good, you can't be the bad Jalen because he's he's screwed now. And the issue is just the bad Jalen. But it was also it was like it was that draft class too. That draft class for receivers, it was almost like if if you drafted a receiver in the first round, you were probably pretty good. You know, you had the Ayuks of the world, the CDs, the Judys, the JJFs, all these guys, and except for one. Okay, I know. Stop. We're just we're. I'm, I'm actually, and and I hope Ray does this now with this with the the football cards and all the boxes that he's breaking. You just you just remove Henry Ruggs from your memory, and he's just never there. <laughs> he wasn't there. Whenever I like, if, if I see a card of him, immediately gone, and. He just he wasn't in that draft class, so yep. it makes the Jalen Rager take even better because now since he's out of the draft class, there was all those other guys in there, and you still have Jalen Rager sitting in the middle. Like, shoot, I can't catch a pass still. 
It's and so it bad. Make, it didn't make any sense when it happened. And also, the, the, the story came out um, after the draft that they were contemplating trading up to go draft CD Lamb, and they ended up deciding against it. And you know, CD was drafted five or six spots ahead of the the twenty one spot there. So when you think of they actually maybe wanted to go up and get another receiver. And the fact that you're stuck with uh, Jalen Rager here and Devontae Smith looks so good. It's just a tough scene for for old uh, for old Jalen Rager there. Imagine having Justin Jefferson and Devontae Smith. On the that side. would be nuts. That's nasty. Just skinny receivers just cutting everywhere, open as heck, never dropping balls. As long as you're not saying them on crossing routes in the middle of the field and you're just <laughs> saying them along the sideline, I think we're More good there. Safeties in the backers. Oh, oh, God forbid that these guys played during the 2000s when you had guys, guys like Ed Reed over Brian the middle of the field. Would have killed him. Bro, <laughs> actually killed him on the same team. In practice, he would have killed yeah. him. And hitting drills. Throw back to Brian Dawkins, a guy that's not enough, not that whose name isn't spoken enough mouths. And also, people forget he was on the Broncos for like a season. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's had quite the the go around. He's one hell of a player. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap things up here on our NFL Week 12 breakdown. A lot of stuff that we covered, a lot of takes that we covered here. So, of course, let us know what you thought about all that, whether it be in the comments on YouTube, five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, or hit us up on our socials at 4th Long Radio on Twitter and at 4th and Long Radio over on Instagram and Ooh, we're really coming down to the last stretch of the season. A lot of great games coming up this. I mean, I guess I wouldn't say Thursday. I mean, Cowboys and Saints. Meh. How about Meh. the Monday night matchup this week? Bills Patriots. We will Such finally good get to booking. see how that AFC East is going to shake up because they're one game separated right now. Yeah, they got and that two games is. Left. I'd say the biggest prove-it game that we've seen so far this year, is, at least on my book, was like Bucks and Rams, like around the week three kind of time. That was a huge game. This is this is a bigger game than that. The Bills have a lot to prove. Are I think they, that, that Rams-Cardinals game was a big one, too, and the Cardinals yeah. showed up in that one. That one wasn't as entertaining as I hoped it would be, too. It was just it was a mech game. But the Bills... Are you a bad team, or can you actually win the division this year? A lot of questions on that offense, and hell, even that defense a little bit more recently. Now, Patriots, Mac Jones, are you guys for real, or are you just pretenders? A lot of questions are going to be answered, and I'm sure a hundred times more questions are going to be created from this week. So, of course, that's why I got tuned in next week to listen to us at least attempt to answer it. Like I tried to attempt to answer the question about the AFC last week. You can't do that. The only answer we're going to get officially this season, Alex, is when the winner of the Super Bowl actually happens. And even then... Still might not know. There might be a time. No. <laughs> I guarantee this year, we are not going to know the best team in the league. <laughs> that is... It, it, and we still... I don't know if we'll ever know again. I don't know if the NFL will ever change. This is... Madness. Oh. No, this is Sparta, Alex, and this is the end of the show. And Alex, before we head, the, before we head out, of course, your thoughts on Week Twelve of the NFL season in one word or phrase. Let's have a December to remember and forget everything that we've thought about football and 
take December on and base all of our thoughts on those four weeks. You heard him, ladies and gentlemen. Forget everything. Flush Great your head. Forward, everyone. Start over. We're, New we season. Got a fresh, we got a fresh slate to go into. Of course, uh, right before, um, huge shout out to our Patreon supporters. Of course, for all your car collecting needs, go hit up Ray Rodriguez and his um, and uh, over at the company he works with at the Big Back Box. Shout out to Ryan Watson and Neil Wiley. Live stream coming up. You're going to see me in a world of pain. You won't want to miss that. That will be December 11th. Time TBD. Of course, we're going to get those charity votes out soon. And we got new merch coming in, i.e. the trucker hats. And I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, they look good. Pre-orders are starting up soon. And of course, card songs every Friday. Go check that out. But thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see all of you lovely people with all your lovely questions after week 13. Bang, bang.